You're listening to Around the Gorge, presented by the Big Red Sports Network, your weekly destination for Big Red Sports. This week's episode of Around the Gorge is brought to you by Big Red Fueling. Managed by sports dietitian Alyssa Harrington, Big Red Fueling is open five days a week from 2.30 to 4.45 at Bartels Hall, offering both in- and out-of-season athletes snacks to fuel their performance and recovery. On-site staff provide valuable knowledge to inform athletes of optimal snack choices based on exercise and personal goals. Follow Big Red Fueling on Instagram at Big Red Fueling for infographics about all things sports nutrition, including college-friendly recipes, post- and pre-workout suggestions, supplement safety, and much more. Welcome back to Around the Gorge, presented by Big Red Sports Network. I'm your host, Ezra Winston, joined by Anthony Sespi. This week, we'll be covering men's rowing. Anthony, how are you doing today? I've been doing pretty good, Ezra. You know, studying hard for those prelims, locking in my courses mm-hmm. for next semester. How about you? I'm doing great on this suspiciously warm November Sunday. And guys, remember, every week we alternate sports to include every sport here at Cornell. If you're interested in listening to another team's episode, you can find all of our past episodes on Spotify or Apple Podcasts by following Around the Gorge. Be sure to check out our Instagram at CornellBRSN for sneak peeks of next week's episodes so you don't miss out on future episodes. And now let's explore the team. Rowing here at Cornell has real significance because it's one of Cornell's oldest sports. Uh, The heavyweights are actually led by Coach Todd Kennett, and he took over in 2008 after spending 10 years coaching lightweight team. And under his tenure, the program, they've won 10 Eastern Sport titles and three IRA medals. And overall, he's a record of 58-34 to over the past 12 seasons. I think that's very impressive, and there's no wonder why he's still coaching us. And now, if we look at the lightweight side, the team is coached by Chris Kerber, who joined the Big Red here in 2008 and has turned the program into a perennial contender with a career record of 51-22, and 22, which has been marked by four undefeated seasons in 2014, 2015, 2017, and 2019, and he has won the Coach of the Year award in each of those four seasons. He has also led the team to winning three Ivy League championships in 2014, 2015, and 2017. I think it's really amazing how he has been a consistent presence here in Ithaca and has turned this team into a contender, not only in the Ivy Leagues, but in the country. Let's talk about the players. So, Jackson Stone, he's a senior from Newton, Massachusetts, and he was a member of the U19 national roster, and he was a member of the championship boat uh, in the 8-plus event in the 2019 Head of the Charles. And Adam Campaign, he's a senior from Michigan, and he also represented the United States in the 2019 Junior World Rowing Championships in Tokyo, and he was the fastest time at the 2019 Head of the Charles. And again, now that if we turn to the lightweights... We could look at Malcolm Schur, a senior from Seattle who is also a captain from the team, and we will actually be hearing from him later in the episode. He helped the Big Red notch a 6th place finish in the 2019 4 Plus event at the head of the Charles, and helped the Frost Novice Boat win a 2nd place finish at the Cornell Autumn Classic. Another player of note is Amanda Clather, a senior from Boca Raton, Florida, who was a part of the winning 4 Plus Boat in Flight 2 at the Cornell Autumn Classic, and like Malcolm, Helped the same Frost Novice boat notch a second place finish at the 2019 Autumn Classic. Speaking of the importance of rowing history here at Cornell, earlier this season, Cornell celebrated the 150th anniversary of the Schwartz Cup that included inter-squad competition and competing in costumes. The Schwartz Cup had alumni come together and even race boats out on the water. Wow, it must have been pretty funny to watch people rowing down Cayuga Lake dressed up in costumes. Now, let's take a look at the team's most recent outings. Unfortunately, the heavyweight team hasn't had any regattas in the past week, 
but their most recent outing was at the head of the Charles race that took place from October 21st through the 23rd, which is one of the biggest events of the fall. They sent out two boats to compete in the four-plus heavyweight races, with their first boat finishing second in the event. The second boat didn't do so bad for themselves either, finishing 7th out of 15th in the event. Overall, the team finished 28th in the McMahon Cup, with 365.39 points. Ezra, why don't you tell us about how the lightweight team has been doing? So, the lightweight team went down to Princeton on Sunday to participate in the Princeton Chase. In the second event, the first lightweight eight team finished fourth overall with a time of 13.43 in the three-mile chase. Cornell's second team finished ninth, and the C team finished sixth. In round two of the lightweight eight, Cornell finished ninth place with a time of 14.01. In the varsity four, there are two events, one of the coxswain and one without. In the men's 4X, which is without the coxswain, Cornell lightweight A finished in second, trailing Princeton's boat and the lightweight B finished in fourth. In the men's 4+, which is with the coxswain, the first varsity team finished in 7th place. And now it's time to head over to our interview with senior lightweight rower Malcolm Schur. Now it's time for our interview with Malcolm Schur, a senior out of Seattle, Washington, and he is also a captain of the lightweight rowing team. Malcolm, what makes rowing unique as a sport, especially compared to the other sports here at Cornell? Um, that's an interesting question. First, it's obviously the, the only sport I play, so it's a bit hard to know. Uh, what it's like to be in those other sports. I would say what's interesting about rowing is it's both a power-based sport and an endurance-based sport. So, um, you know, you think of a sport like running, it's it's very endurance-based. And then you think of a sport like powerlifting, uh, you don't need much endurance. It's, it's really just powerlifting and, and strength-based. Um, rowing is, a, is a, a bit of a hybrid sport. So, our training is is both very uh, aerobically focused and strength focused. Uh, and I think that leads us to train in a really interesting way. And it builds a pretty interesting athlete, a really hybrid athlete. And then you throw in uh, weight classes and uh, that just creates even more uh, sort of complication in the in the training process. And I think it, it makes for a really interesting sport. So it's it's pretty special. Thank you. And could you tell us what percent of the training is actually on the water? Yeah, so it really depends on the the time of year. So we're just coming off of our fall season and uh, we train uh, six days a week. So uh, Monday through Saturday, and then we'll do maybe double sessions uh, two or three times a week. I would say during the season, 70% uh, of your practices are on the water and then you're doing uh, lift, weightlifting and uh, erging, which is the rowing machine uh, with the team and on your own for extra work. So, you know, we'll do probably 15 kilometers a day on the water as a team, uh, which is around just under like 10 miles. And then you'll do extra work by yourself. Um, hopefully, you know, a few times a week and then adding in weightlifting. So that's, that's a standard training. And I know you touched on, on how much time the, sp the team spends together, both in training and during regattas. But what would you say is the main way that the team bonds outside of those practices? Yeah, so I think that's 
what makes our team really special. We we all live together, so um, all four years you'll be living with someone or several people on the team. My freshman year, I lived in a a, a quad, so uh, with three other roommates, and then we all live uh, as upperclassmen in College Town together in three houses that we've had for for several years and we sort of pass those down uh every year and it allows you to live with your teammates really bond with them uh so that's sort of the living situation and then uh another place is just uh at meals so uh you'll it's common on our team to eat lunch together every day at, at terrace so we'll all meet there during our lunch break and then after practice, we all go to the dining hall around 7.30 or 8, and we'll sit down for, you know, 20 minutes to a half hour and just catch up, talk about practice, talk about, you know, anything that comes to mind. And it's a, it's a really special time. And it's it's probably going to be one of the uh, key memories that I have from my time here. So I know that the 2K ERG time trial is, is really important in – uh, in assessing fitness, but how does that correlate to performance on the water? That's the uh, that's the key question in rowing. Uh, so you know, it's no one knows how to answer that perfectly. Uh, it is quite a good indicator for how uh, how well you will be able to move a boat uh, if you were to set everyone's um, technical abilities equal. So controlling for uh you know your physical weight um your technical abilities then the 2k erg is is a really strong predictor um then you just need to factor in you know how well is a guy uh meshing with a crew um how weight efficient are they so you know the reason we spend so much time on the rowing machine is because it's the best way to develop strength and fitness um and then as a team on the water, we're trying to identify how we can sort of mesh together, uh, fix some of our technical flaws so that the strongest guys uh, can be in the top boats as long as uh, we're taking care of those sort of technical issues. So that's what we spend a lot of time doing. And, and that's why the ERG is a, a key metric for our selection process. And yeah, just going back a little, you mentioned how you guys have practices six days a week. And sometimes you'll even have double sessions. How hard has it been to kind of balance the academics with the athletic side of things? Yeah, it's it's really crucial to find a balance. Um, our coaches and leaders really emphasize um, finding a way to uh, prioritize both. Um, I think coming in freshman year, uh, it's a really hard uh, adaptation to you know, have such a, a high level of rowing and a commitment to rowing and then having to be successful uh, at a school that's really competitive. I think it really comes down to making use of your time uh, during the day. So between classes, getting work done, uh, trying not to leave campus if you don't need to. So just, you know, sticking in a library between classes before practice and then trying to get as much work done during the day so that you can, you know, come home after practice at night and, and relax a bit. And then on the weekends, just, you know, getting as much done as you can so that during the week you can really focus on on uh, rowing, recovering your classes. Uh, that's sort of been the 
the recipe for success. And um, it's it's something we really focus on. We we really care a lot about academics as a team, and uh, I think it's actually an advantage uh, for for a crew to be focused uh, in both those fields. Uh, and it, it's been been a good good thing for us in the past. So I know uh, head of the Charles is a really important meet, but what's your favorite, uh, like your your best regatta experience? Like which meet, like really do you go to like a lot or just like really? Uh-huh. What's well, so so sort of like what's my favorite regatta? Um, so for those who who don't really know the the rowing process, in the fall we do sort of like cross country, we do longer races, and they're time trial based. So all the crews start at different times, and you're racing the clock. Those races are three miles long, so just around 4,800 meters. In the spring, it's just a drag racing style. So uh, we it's six lanes across. We all start at the same time, and it's two kilometers, so a mile and a quarter. Um, there's something special about both. I think the fall is a really fun experience. Uh, you're kind of really internal with the crew because it's just you out there. You don't really know where you're at in terms of... Um, your ranking throughout the race. I really enjoy it. We just came off of a race called the Princeton Chase, which is probably one of my favorite regattas. In the spring, it's special because you're side by side with with your competitors and it's really like you're really battling them and you're going back and forth. So I would say the the side by side racing is probably my favorite, just feeling that intensity and it, it just feels like that's what you're training for. In the fall, it's 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 important, but you're really just trying to identify like how fast you'll be in the spring and, and what your weaknesses are. Uh, but but that side by side racing in the spring is is hard to match, and it's really what we train for. Yeah, one more thing. Um, how did you get into rowing? My dad always wanted me to be a rower, and yeah. now it's never clicked. Tell me about no, it. That's good. Good question. So I I grew up in Seattle. Um, I and I was originally from New Jersey. Actually, I moved to Seattle. Uh, in first grade and um, it Seattle's a, a pretty big rowing community and um, it was first kind of introduced to my family uh, through my brother he uh, rowed throughout middle school high school he ended up rowing at Princeton and I was a baseball player and I sort of saw the end of my road in, in baseball and uh, decided to give rowing a shot in eighth grade uh, I wasn't no, I was I was not like a, a fast guy in middle school, and uh, I really just learned to love the sport. I, I rode for a really intense program in high school, sort of like a notoriously intense program, and uh, I really just I love the sport, the the competition, the the training style, and um, it it caught on, and I just set the goal of you know getting recruited to to row in college and seeing what it was like to compete at that level so um that's sort of how i got into it and uh i'm really glad that i did thank you so much malcolm for taking the time to talk to us really appreciate it yeah it was fun thank you guys that was a great interview from you malcolm thank you now let's look at the rest of the season for the men's rowing team Winter's coming up, so it's going to be a bit too cold to be on the water. So the team is going to transition into indoor practice before they can start competing again in the spring. Indoors, they're going to be doing a lot of erging, lifting, and getting ready for the championship season. Now, Anthony, tell me about other really important sporting events that happened this week. 
Oh yeah, Ezra. The women's hockey team had two games this past week, winning a close and high-scoring 7-6 game against St. Lawrence University. The winning goal scored by Lily Delianidis. They then took on the number 10 seed, Clarkson University, this past Saturday and absolutely slaughtered them in an 8-1 victory. And you know, the men's hockey team were also successful this week. They went to Princeton and came out with a 3-1 victory. And that was very important for Coach Mike Schaefer because that marked his 500th victory, making him the 18th Division I coach to reach that mark. The women's soccer team also picked up a huge win this past Saturday against Dartmouth on Senior Day here in Ithaca, winning 1-0 with the only goal being scored in the 63rd minute. If you want to, check out the highlights on Cornell's Twitter, where you can hear BRSN's very own Matthew Furman and Henry Geller on the call. That's all for this week's episode. Thanks for listening. I hope you enjoyed and learned something about men's rowing. Please share with your friends and family and follow the podcast on your preferred platform. These two things help grow the podcast and publicize Cornell Athletics the most. Once again, you can follow the Big Red Sports Network on Instagram at CornellBRSN or reach us at www.CornellBRSN.com. For Anthony and Ezra from BRSN, we'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Around the Gorge. Make sure to follow the podcast and our social media at Cornell BRSN, and we'll see you in the next one.